When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they boot up the consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Library, the first episode of a hopefully long-running series that is going to be going into, in the most comfortable and relaxed way possible, the Halo lore, how it's all set up, where it came to be, and where it's potentially going. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Austin Murphy. Uh, I'm joined by three of my friends here. They'll be introducing themselves in a second. But me, I am a person who has... I, I think I broke the playtime counter in Master Chief Collection. It doesn't actually tell me the accurate amount of time that I've played the game anymore. Um, but I think on wart.gg it says that I have uh, like 6,000 hours in MCC, and I probably have more than that, at least on the Xbox 360 and PC copies. So I've played a lot of Halo. I really like it. It's a good franchise. It's good. It's good. Very good. But... Uh, what's fascinated me more than anything else has always been lore, and hence why I have most of the books in physical copy. Still working on getting all of them, but, you know, paychecks and the such. So, going at it pretty slowly, but I am absolutely passionate for Halo. I wanted to get this show off the ground so then we had something that could back up all the other products that, uh, we work on in the future, basically. Uh, and I will pass it off to my buddy, uh, Brian. Hello. I'd like to clarify that his hours in Master Chief Collection, that's all campaign. That's all he does. <laughs> he spends way too much time in campaign. I okay, look, they're good, okay? They're good campaigns. <laughs> they're good campaigns, Brent. Um, anyways. Uh, yes, hello, I am Bryant. I also enjoy Halo, a little bit more of the, um, uh, a little bit more of the multiplayer side for me, but I started out in Halo Reach, fell in love with the story from that, and Austin made me play all the other ones, so um, I have enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, he also got me into the books, which the, the lore is fantastic, honestly. There's so much of it. Um, originally, I was a huge Star Wars person, and then transitioning to Halo, like it was a pretty smooth transition with... Um, just the amount of lore and the depth in the story and the characters, it's been really, really enjoyable. So uh, happy to talk about it, happy to discuss history that I don't know, which will be some of the stuff that we're doing in this episode, so looking forward to that. And uh, on to Shane. Yes, my name is Shane, I've been playing since, oh god, I've been playing, I say, I think since 2007, around the time Halo 3 first came out, um, I was basically all PlayStation, grew up with a PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, 
Played a bunch of the PlayStation Classic Classic games. Never thought I'd make the Switch. Um, then one day I went over to uh, my buddy house, my buddy's house across the street, and he was playing Halo Three, and I had no idea like what Halo was or what it was about. I played split screen with him and probably like two hours later i went home and i was completely ready to make the switch to xbox just because i played an hour or so of halo 3 um so at that point i have just been i've hit the ground running with the franchise ever since um i'm not too big on the lore i'm probably know the least here i know some things here and there like the basic stuff but not much outside of the games um so that's a little bit about me and now we go on to james uh, yeah, I'm James, and I am also here. I am also here. <laughs> what about Shit. you, though? Wow. Um, Why are you here? I don't know. It's one of the mysteries, isn't I, it? Hey, we were talking. I'm sorry. We were talking. I'm sorry. That was my <laughs> line in that I'm moment. sorry. I got excited. <laughs> um, uh, kind of a similar story. Um, I'm a little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to Halo. I started playing about reach time, about 20... 11 2012 um funny enough i was introduced similar way to shane but by shane to halo I mean, um you're welcome and ever since then i've just been a uh covenant chill and that's pretty much all i've ever cared about lore wise um <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much just that's that's me that's my halo story <laughs> that's as far as it goes and Sit, this will be him. your library cast from here on out. I hope you guys enjoy the the stuff that we talk about and how this all goes together. Uh, me, James, and Shane, we all grew up together. We went to the same school and st such. And then Bryant, we met pretty early on when, like, around when MCC was released. And it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he, questioning my life choices, hanging out with you guys. That's fine. But he he has been he's been around long enough by this point that it's basically been uh, in terms of how things have gone with our friend group and all of that. It's difficult to find like figure out a time when he hadn't been involved. So wanted to include him because first of all, we've met multiple times by this point. So why not? Uh, and also, he he loves Halo. So love with, Halo. with all of us loving Halo, I thought, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? What? Finish the sentence. So if we're going to talk about the beginning of the show, then we're obviously going to be talking about the beginning the end. of Halo. Oh, I mean, yeah, kind of, kind of in a way. Um, but since this is a lore show and not about anything like completely practical that would mean we're not talking about the ha beginning of halo is in like you know when in like 1999 when the game was an rts called uh what was it monkey nuts i think that was the code <laughs> code word for the game which was so funny um no wait no that was the that was the secret name i think for halo 2 the rts was called blam good times good times but um what we're talking about is the beginning of the actual halo universe uh which is not to overly complicated at least when you're trying to explain it but like trying to understand what it means is definitely the the more challenging part because today's topic is all about the precursors which even in their name is pretty much just yeah the things that came before <laughs> these creatures are fascinating um before i go on a massive spiel that i know that i'll be on for a while 
Uh, would anyone happen to know anything about the for about the the precursors before I go on? They came before the forerunners. Facts, facts. They came yes. before Master Chief. That's about all I know. That might be true. <laughs> might be. Might be. Who knows? Not uh, me. Uh, James, anything to add? No. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I pretty much know nothing about this. So it's you guys can I feel free to. It. I just don't no, know anything I know, I know about of it. it. If that's, that's where I'm at. I know of it. Don't really know much. Like if there's anything that clicks, you can feel free to either jump in or interrupt me, and I'll do my best to to not get mad at you. I know that you've told me stuff about the precursors in the past, and I know that my brain literally had no intention ever since the moment you started talking to file it into anything other yeah, than it was in one the temporary the storage. Other. I'm pretty sure they yeah. were in the, I'm pretty sure they were in terminals and the campaigns, but like I couldn't tell you which campaign like they were in unless they're not even in the, the freaking terminals. But I'm fairly certain. So the precursors themselves are they're mentioned in the in the terminals. They're right. not in the that, terminals. Well, that's more or less what I meant. Yeah. Um, precursors are fascinating, though. Uh, much like most things in Halo lore, they weren't really expanded upon until 343 took over, which, no matter what you think about 343, the one thing that you can never take away from them is how much they've added to the Halo lore. Uh, it's it's night and day when you look at how different things were back before when Bungie had it. Because Bungie, we've talked about this in the past, uh, uh, this idea that Bungie much preferred leaving everything as a mystery and up to fan interpretation which in some ways is great, but in other ways is, you know, how are you supposed to get fans that are truly interested in the universe if there's no universe to really explore? You can have things that are explained and then leave mysteries along the way, which was no different when they hired one of the greatest writers, especially science fiction writers of all time, to write a trilogy of books that did basically nothing but wow the the Halo wow. lore audience. Um Mr. Greg Bear, unfortunately, who has passed recently, uh, he, first of all, is one of the only writers to, like, science fiction writers to have ever earned uh, all of the Nebula Awards. Like, one of, there are two writers in the world that have ever earned all of the Nebula Awards, and there's quite a few of them. And when he was given the Halo universe, and they said, all right, have fun, Greg, <laughs> uh, it was his job to set up the universe and its origin point and set up Halo 4 specifically. Hence why those three books are more centered on the Forerunners than anything else. But the Precursors make multiple appearances in a couple different forms. So starting off from, let's let's go all the way back to the beginning. Long before time had a name. <laughs> um, before time was invented by the Precursors and stuff. <laughs> I was I was trying to figure out the name to the land before time. Dang it, that doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, oh well. it's it's okay. Uh, precursors, they first of all are beings that are so well beyond everything else that they essentially have taken responsibility of curating the galaxy and the universe as a whole. Yeah, so I'm going to interrupt and say something real quick. Yes. I know it's going to get covered eventually when you get there. I'm just extremely curious to find out how the precursors could ever be wiped out by anything that came later. Yeah, that's going to be I, the interesting part. It's, yeah, it's gonna I don't be, understand, but yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But 
pretty much the 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 precursors pull up to to this empty void of the universe. There's nothing there. This is billions of years ago, and they basically looked upon this empty landscape and they're like, nah. And they started creating nah, just kind of whack. out of nowhere. The reason that they were able to do such a thing was because they had this uh, basically what is referred to as a metatechnological mechanism, um, which is typically referred to as neural physics, which pretty much allows them to mess with the fabric of the universe, uh, which doesn't entirely explain everything down to the minute detail about how it's possible, but they're they're essentially capable of creating life by manipulating the universe and the laws of the universe itself. So they began work on the Milky Way. That was like their primary goal was to create this Milky Way galaxy. And uh, the thing is, is that they made a little bit of a, of an oopsie along the way. That's one does. Uh, so it, it, here's the thing about the precursors, though, because uh, we're getting close to that that concern that you had about how in the world could anything that came after them uh, destroy them. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, pretty much, first and foremost, precursors created two primary uh, two, two primary species, that being humans and forerunners. Uh, however. The forerunners were not called forerunners. I don't know what the what the name. Oh wait, that, that's what it was. Uh, they were, uh, what was what was the name? Okay, no, I don't actually know the name of the forerunners originally. But they didn't. Wow. They they didn't get like their name forerunners. They gave to themselves. Uh, okay. And it's interesting to note that forerunners and precursors basically has the same definition. So forerunners from the get-go already had a little bit of a pompous, self, self-loving, sort of outlook on themselves. Just uh, a tiny bit. That'll be covered very much in the future, though. It'd uh, be like if humans named themselves <laughs> gods, yeah, like as a species. Pretty much, yeah. So precursors, the way that. That it went down was the forerunners were created to basically be servants uh, for the precursors, mostly okay. because the forerunners were judged to be unworthy of taking the mantle, which the mantle of responsibility is pretty much if you have absolute power, then it is your job to ensure the safety of the universe that you are now reliant on or or everyone else is reliant upon you for. So if you have absolute power you don't destroy you don't claim yourself to be powerful you don't do any of those things you have to make the right decisions that benefit the entirety of the galaxy and in the precursors case they followed the mantle living time so the mantle of responsibility and living time living time meaning that if you mess with the fabric of time itself oopsie daisy time is a real living being to them so you're kind of messing with what is the equivalent of, I guess, one of their kind of deities. And then the mantle of responsibility, they developed it themselves. They are capable of creating pretty much anything. So because they are capable of creation, they needed to have some sort of guidepost to remind themselves, oh, yeah, we probably shouldn't be tyrannical or insane or anything like that. We should really keep ourselves in check. And the precursors did a great job of that. But a little bit of an oopsie when they made the forerunners, because the forerunners heard that they weren't worthy of taking on the mantle and considering how they named themselves forerunners they weren't exactly the most fond of that idea 
So they they took a little expedition. Uh, they went to another planet called Path Cathona, which is basically a planet that was the in the Milky Way galaxy homeworld for the precursors. And there's very little detail about how it happened, but considering that the precursors simply were not a like they they weren't used to having anything challenging them. They were not built for war. They didn't have anything that was that was unavailable to the forerunners. The forerunners wiped them out to near extinction. And to this very day, precursors are either a myth or they exist somewhere in another form because whatever they were before is just not there. Now, it should be noted that that precursors, uh, they aren't like humanoid they they aren't really like recognizable as any creature that we would know i mean unless you look at a beetle because they look like beetles half which was you know, here, I'd, I'd here's how i'm going to did sorry, not know that continue. here's how i'm going to think of the precursors and to make sense of how they could be defeated by something they created it's like a raid boss in destiny how they have the means to defeat the raid boss just sitting there you have to pick up the relic or whatever <laughs> so you pick up the relic and now their shields are down now they're now you can shoot them with bullets so yeah. precursors uh, are a raid boss got it yeah the the so there's according to halopedia there's two different records one of them is that thing of the foreigners just rising up against the precursors on that planet and another one says, according to another record, the precursor's decision to pass the mantle to humanity seated antipathy, antipathy. I guess that's one way to do it. That's one way to pronounce uh, in the hearts antipathy? of antipathy. I, I go antipathy, antipathy. I don't know. In the hearts Something of the forerunners, like and this combined with some forerunners coming to believe the precursors were planning to exterminate them, caused them to genocide their creators in a one-sided war. But they weren't planning to exterminate them, right? The precursors. Uh, they had. They, no, the the forerunners. They said they, the foreigners thought the precursors were going to exterminate them, so they killed them. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be too far gone as an assumption, considering they were made to be servants and then told they would never take the mantle. So hmm. you would probably feel pretty useless and potentially a waste of creation. And if that is the case, then you would probably be like, no, I'm not a waste. And the precursors are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it's possible they actually were going to exterminate them. It is possible. Okay. Because the precursors, they had a specific kind of technology that, that technology of neural physics and all of that, that technology was stolen somewhat by the forerunners, and that technology is what enabled the halos. Gotcha. Because what the halos did was, going, was go after living tissue that had neural capabilities that were advanced enough that they were capable of being destroyed it was it's not a technology that is even close to being possible but due to the absolutely physics defying <laughs> laws of neural physics that precursors had these halos were capable of pretty much wiping out anything that was left of the precursors but i'll get to that in a sec so after the precursors were destroyed uh the forerunners actually held on to a couple in captivity uh but the problem is is for some way or for some reason uh precursors kind of just like they decided to just kind of put themselves in suspended animation and the other option was become dust 
that would that was originally meant to let them regenerate into their past forms. Just dust and echoes. <laughs> what about Dustin? Uh, all right, man. <laughs> so, He's a good guy. Here's the thing, though. That whole thing about suspended animation and the dust and all of that. Well, that dust uh, became a little bit more screechy and a little bit more infection-y and a little bit more galaxy-wide destruction-y. I wonder what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the flood is precursors. Free precursor dust? Pretty much. The, the flood originated from precursor dust, yeah. Huh. huh. Be because the idea was, you know, that dust would eventually allow them to regenerate into their past forms. Oh, so it regenerated all right. It didn't turn into their past forms, though. <laughs> Pretty crazy, like, everything uh, at well, some point you comes know, back to the flood in some way, way, shape, or form. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, James? Said one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, the suspended animation ones actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> uh, specifically on Halo Halopedia, it says, however, over millions of years, the dust became defective, failing to reconstitute the precursors and instead inducing madness and mutations in life forms that came in contact with it. This form would later be known as the Flood. Oopsie. Oopsie. Uh, but there, the there was... <laughs> This was something interesting, though. The precursors kind of took this this as like they. Okay, so here's the thing: precursors are very similar uh, to forerunners in the fact that they will not accept failure. They will never accept that they made a mistake. So they had determined that the flood was a good thing and huh. a punishment for the forerunners. Ah, uh, what precursors are still around to make that decision? The ones in suspended animation. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, again, going on to Halopedia to quote it directly, uh, far from accepting failure and extinction, the precursors viewed the flood as a means of bringing unity to the galaxy as well as punish the forerunners for their insolence. So they were like, well, there's, oops, the flood, uh, <laughs> karma. <laughs> Basically, yeah, they weren't, they really aren't anything to look up to. Most of, most higher power beings in the Halo universe kind of follow this tradition of, you should never be like this. <laughs> Wild. The only time that you could probably look up to any of the higher power beings is uh, Librarian. Librarian is great. And also all of the ancient humans. Because the ancient humans, like when they were around during the time of the Forerunners and all of that, they, those guys were not only cracked beyond belief, but they were also incredibly based. They, <laughs> they had so many good, just things that they wanted to do with the universe because they were expecting to take the mantle so they made all the preparations necessary to take that mantle in stride and to use it effectively unfortunately though the forerunners are kind of mean <laughs> just a little uh, but here's here's the thing here's when things start to take a massive turn so the fall of the forerunner empire the way that the empire fell in the be in the first place one of these precursors uh Pretty much, he tried to, he, what's the simplest way to put this? So, one of them became this being called the Primordial. And the Primordial is a strange sort of precursor. Like, he's not really a precursor anymore, but he was. Uh, he was partially responsible for how the flood made it to the forerunners and the rest of the galaxy because the primordial 
pretty much saw that the foreigners needed to be punished for what was going on. And he was going to cause a little bit of a problem. And so humanity locked him inside of this stasis capsule. That was kind of like, it's really cool. Actually, it not, it not only keeps you in stasis, but it like freezes time inside of it. So it's, it's wild. Like nothing happens inside that chamber. It's completely locked in time. Uh, but Unfortunately, eventually he broke out. Uh, I think it was because someone just made the wrong decision and released him. But uh, the primordial was the one that corrupted this. Uh, he he's the one that corrupted mendicant bias. Uh, mendicant bias being a medarch level AI, uh, which is pretty much this uh, AI that the forerunner would forerunners would develop to take over the reins of pretty much these massive installations or I large know parts all of about Mendicant Bias just I was gonna because say, of Hidden Xperia. Hidden yeah. Xperia loves <laughs> Mendicant Bias and he loved like when yeah, I watched his reactions like the legendary Halo Infinite ending. Yep. Oh my god. He was like about to lose his freaking mind. Bias. I thought it was pretty cool too, because I know a little bit about him as well. Yeah. Um I remember there was a bunch I'm sorry, go ahead, Jamal. Go ahead. Did you call them Meta Arc? Meta Arc. Um, Medark? Metark, yeah. Metark. Okay. I thought it was like Meta Arc, like the Arc. No, it, it's uh, it's just Metark. So M E T A R C H. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Metark level and Scylla, as the foreigners would call their AI, it was always in Scylla. And the the Metark level AI, as I was kind of going into they control massive parts of forerunner society or infrastructure mendicant bias specifically was designed to use the armies of the forerunners to wipe out the flood that was his primary purpose he was meant to take out the flood so he went and confronted the flood and logic plague <laughs> uh-oh hey there halo fans don't go anywhere we'll be back with our friends right after these messages Uh, Logic Plague, we'll go into that, and Mendicant Bias a whole lot in the future, but to give a brief rundown, Logic Plague is basically for, uh, like, flood infection, but for AI, because the flood have this intellectual capacity <laughs> to utterly, like, basically, they can take an AI and force them to think themselves into submission and into insanity. Sounds familiar. Seen, Does that have anything to do with before? Cortana? That <laughs> happened to Cortana. Okay. Cortana had that happen to her in, from the grave mind in Halo 2. Um, hence why most of what happened to her is not because of, uh, of the seven-year time period before, you know, rampancy. Mm -hmm. It's very likely that she actually would have been immune to rampancy. Interesting. That's something just, I did not know. I know she's, like, she's just. I know Cortana is the first AI to like be created like from like directly from a human. Which that being Halsey, so like mm -hmm. I I haven't really thought that much about like her being immune to rampancy. She's just different. She's a ma like she is massively more powerful than every other AI in the UNSC fleet. Literally fleet. built different. Literally, uh, and built a little uh, immorally. Really, <laughs> just a little bit. I'm built. I evil. mean, what, God what bless is America? What What are really the the uh, the moral uh, problems with making a clone of yourself and immediately melting their brain? 
Um, you know, it's your own human. What does it matter? <laughs> is yeah. that suicide or is that it's property? Is that <laughs> murder? <laughs> property. There you go. Property. That's awful. No, but like, if there was any sort of seriousness to that, it would be a person that you've actually created. I my own property. Literally, it's me. <laughs> Uh, so, the primordial corrupted mendicant bias, and mendicant bias was, well, he essentially wiped out the entirety of the Forerunner capital. And after that happened, the precursors and the primordial, the primordial was, to some degree, just kind of, he just kind of vanished in a way. He hasn't been involved in pretty much anything. Um, but... He might be still around. He might be in stasis somewhere. He, I don't really know exactly where he's at. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if anybody really knows. But no matter what, he's observing. That's the. That's the bottom line. Uh, there might be a book that I haven't read yet that already g talks about what happened to him. But for now, what I know. Uh, bottom line: he's out there somewhere. That's all we really need to know. That's all that's important to this overall topic. If something changes. I'll just do a uh, primordial focused episode. But for now, uh, what happens with the precursors and their technology is basically totally a total utter destruction. So remember what I mentioned earlier about the Halo Array being based on the neuroscience stuff or uh, what, what was the phrase that I had used? It was uh, neural physics. Yeah. Halo was and the Halos were based on that technology. And so is every other piece of technology that the precursors ever made. All of the, all of their technology, everything that's related to their creations, they all used neural physics, including one of the most important pieces of neural physics technology, the domain. Uh, the forerunners accessed the domain all the time, uh, which the domain is basically this. It's a very strange thing. It's basically an alternate reality sort of thing. That is an infinite storage of knowledge. It it has no limit as far as we're aware. It can simply hold and that's it. It will collect infinitely. Uh, according to <laughs> sorry. According to how how much we know about the domain, it has knowledge that spans all the way back to the beginning of time. So it, as far as what it actually is, we just know that the precursors made it. But there's nothing else that we know about it that strictly answers, okay, that's what it was made made for. That's why we needed it. As far as we're aware, the precursors used it to store all of the information and basically like note-taking of the universe <laughs> in a way. Um, but the forerunners, when they destroyed the precursors, they had access to the domain because the domain is pretty much made up of these specific access terminals that are scattered throughout the galaxy. And they're all connected to each other in such a way that you can access it at any, any time if you have the means like Bluetooth. Um, and the forerunners were able to take that technology and make it so that if they were wearing their armor, they could access that domain at any time. So if a forerunner were to die in their armor, their consciousness would just be transferred to the domain immediately. And those forerunners could talk to that forerunner at any time. Uh, death was not really a problem to them. <laughs> uh, hence why in Halo 4, you have the librarian pulling up and talking to Master Chief and stuff. That isn't technically her. That's just the consciousness that was left after she was killed. So, the Sorry, reason why... This I, might be a huh? random question. So, like, if that's not technically her, and that's consciousness, like a part of her consciousness that she, like, left behind, 
Did she like plan that far like ahead of time to give someone or the Master Chief like immunity to the composer Halo 4? She knew about the Master Chief. What the hell? Not specifically, right? Like she knew there was going to be something like the Master Chief. Just like a, she, a certain she, person to stand to fight the Didact, and he. She didn't know him by name, but she knew he was going to be there. Like him exactly, like not his name, but like knew he was going to be there. Like not. She I knew been, he was going to be there. It could have been any other random sperm, but she knew it was going to be like him. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> that is insane. Like I remember playing Halo Four in eighth grade for the first time. Like. Like that that would be absolutely mind blowing to me at that. But the age. reason like, why we... that the reason why she knew it is because she's the one that made it happen. Right. Like she the way that it, that all of this went down with genetics and all of that. The forerunners. This is diving a little bit into forerunners, but it's fine. Forerunners had the capacity to pretty much plan out the generations of the humans after they wiped them out. So the humans, as they were working their way back through the Stone Age, the the librarian. The the primordial, uh, the didact, they all imprinted things into the into the early humans, and the librarian specifically had laid out a plan in using these things called a gios, which is or gios. I'm pretty sure it's a gios, which is pretty much like they are they are predisposed to a specific action. At some point in their life, they will they will think that they need to do this specific thing. And all of those Gyasas eventually led up to Master Chief. It's a weird name. Hence the well, it's a it's a weird word. It's not really, but the uh, that's why in that cutscene in Halo Four, she tells Chief directly, "You are the culmination of a thousand lifetimes of planning," which a thousand yeah. lifetimes, a hundred thousand years, a hundred thousand years before Halo Four, the Halo rings were fired, like. It was right there, spelled out for you. She knew it was going to happen. So, yeah. uh, all of that aside, the Halo rings went kablue and made everything in the galaxy stop permanently. <laughs> uh, and that included that included well, of course, thanks to the librarian, but that included everything that the precursors ever constructed. So, when the Halo rings fired, because they are neurological weapons. They are pretty much one of the only things that could ever destroy or damage precursor artifacts. So, uh, let's say, for example, the domain. The domain once held the uh, the entirety of of galaxy wide knowledge and everything like that. And when it was hit by the the halo ring, when it was activated, the domain was because it's a living being. Somehow, it got hit and basically got. Uh, galactic wide amnesia. It just it started forgetting things. It started losing information. Uh, the domain started forgetting. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so most of its most of its knowledge was completely wiped out. Its knowledge of the galaxy and all of that was pretty much deleted by the halo rings. Um, in in including the being that was designed to collect it and protect it, oversee it, Abaddon, um, or Abaddon, however you choose to pronounce that word. I've been, I've heard it both ways quite literally, <laughs> so, um. We'll just go with Abaddon, because that's what you put in your, in Tarkov. Oh, Tarkov, you mean Tarkov, a Halo story now available on Spotify with full season one now available? 
Paul no, the Long. other Tarkov. Oh, okay, my bad. So, <laughs> yeah, I love Escape from Tarkov. Good game. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I heard yeah, whatever you're t- talking about, though. Sounds cool. <laughs> so, uh, sounds nifty. Just to just to quote it directly, um, because I'm bouncing back and forth between my what I know and cross referencing it with Halopedia here. Halopedia says directly, in truth. The Organon was a precursor knowledge engine known as Abaddon, who served as the overseer and guardian of the domain. Although incorporeal, incorporeal, Abaddon was capable of interacting with the physical world in various ways, even vaporizing corporeal beings at will. At will. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, there were many things that were not quite okay after the Halo rings were fired. Uh, for the most part, pretty much everything that the precursors had built. But there are a couple things that are still around. The domain is still around in a sort of superficial manner. Like you can st- it, it, theoretically, you can still access it. The four, uh, at least like Cortana was able to access it, and the domain repaired her for Halo Five. Granted, you did put an AI that already had the logic plague, that already had reached the limit of uh, of its rampancy, and had already interfaced with Forerunner technology, and you threw it into an infinite well of knowledge. I mean, she already she was already nuts. She didn't need any more, <laughs> but she got a little more nuts because of it. Um, the domain was still around; it could still be accessed. Uh, there are a couple things that are still around, such as the portals, the portals such as the one on Earth that takes that takes uh, humanity to the Ark. Mm-hmm. That portal is still there, but that portal was made by Forerunners. But the portal itself is precursor technology, so. Stuff like that can still operate. Uh, certain AI still function. Certain things like these things called star roads, which was stuff that the precursors would develop. That was... <sighs> I can't describe it properly, so I'm going to let Halopedia do it. Unbending filaments woven into the fabric of reality, which were used to connect entire worlds and star systems. I mean, you said star road, and the first thing I thought of was rainbow roads, so... You already uh, I don't know the, lost me a little bit. I was going to sing the melody, and I forgot the melody for Rainbow Road. It is a road, it is a rainbow road. It is a road. <laughs> Let's go. I appreciate it. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, uh, aside from all of that, uh, that's pretty much where it has been. And leading up to now, the precursors are still, for the most part, just gone. They are they're rarely ever mentioned. There's supposedly, I, I think there's a book revolving around sergeant forge from halo wars his daughter forge is down forge is down forge is back forge is down (laughs) indeed um there's a book about his daughter and at some point or another she runs into something precursor that's about as much as i know though so i'm excited to get to her trilogy or uh, is it is it a quintilogy or however you say it yes um, I don't remember how many books there are. I think there's going to be more though if there's if they're not done yet. Uh, her story is fantastic, so I'm going to get into it eventually. But the precursors are not done yet. That's the that's the most important takeaway here, especially with mendicant bias now being on the table, like confirmed to be something of importance in the Halo story. Finally, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the precursors are going to have to be involved in one way or another, because at the very least, we're going to need an explanation as to what the Endless are. Because yeah. the Endless weren't a thing before. The Precursors never made a third species. The Forerunners didn't mention being afraid of another species that wasn't the Flood. That was never mentioned. So 
unless 343 is being insufferable and pulling a Star War. Uh, <laughs> oh, 343 insufferable? <laughs> Never. We'll see about it. I'm hoping that there's not there's not some some retcons going on here, or at the very least, I guess it it wouldn't be retcons technically, because I mean, the benefit of having a universe as large and as mysterious as Halo is you could probably fit in quite a bit of stuff and explain it pretty easily, especially if you if you play your cards right. Like I remember a lot of people had a problem with. Uh, I, I looked into this after you and I had talked about it, Brian, the, the scene in Halo Reach where Halsey was clearly talking to Spartan 3s, but she didn't know what Spartan 3s were at the time of yeah. the book that t- took place way after that. <laughs> and, yeah, I was extremely confused by that. Yeah, but then you think about it for a little bit, and you can easily explain it away, since it's not explicitly stated, of course. You can easily explain it away by she had no way of knowing that those were Spartan 3s or a completely different program. Uh, yeah, because she she dipped out. She wasn't part of that program anymore. So <clears throat> that was just her thing. And plus, given that Noble Team was like its own special thing away from the threes, it's, it's interesting. But um, yeah, in terms of precursors, that's kind of where we're at. Precursors are, for the most part, like they're part of the Halo lore. They're semi-important. But when it comes to the overarching, like the best parts of Halo lore, they're ultimately kind of inconsequential. They explain things. They do a really good job of setting up some pretty neat stuff. But if you're not talking about the Forerunners, the Covenant, the humans, you're not going to really get that much in terms of Halo story. So that's where it's going to leave off. But we're going to get better stuff next time because next time I'm thinking we we jump in and start talking about Forerunners just off of that whole thing. Because uh, nice. then we can I go know a little bit more about them. Yeah, because then we can go precursors, forerunners, covenant, blah 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 blah. Follow that chain, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of go from there. So uh, that's that's pretty much all that I can I can think of. Though, if you guys got any questions that I could possibly answer, that could potentially open up a little bit more stuff. Um, I think you covered pretty much everything. Yep. Like you I'm said, good. it's not as critical to the story. No. They're interesting, but it's not as important. Not really, no. But the uh the coolest thing is that I'll just I'll I'm not going into lore here. This is just a fun thing about Bungie's addiction to codes and secrets and stuff. Halo 3 is so packed full of many 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 secrets. One of them was just recently Uncovered. If I can re-find that uh, that YouTuber that I heard about it, um, basically there's uh, so on Sand Trap the the massive sand map. <coughs> there's this there there's these golden semi golden uh, plates that are on the side of some of those pyramid looking buildings that you can see, mm-hmm. and on those plates there's these inscriptions, and a lot of people thought they were just random. But they're not. The The inscriptions are actually, like, they mean something. So for a long time, people were running through all these different kinds of code breaks and all of that, trying to understand it. And all they got was that it's a repeating message, but it's an incomplete repeating message. Regret, regret, regret. <laughs> Sorry. Regret. <laughs> uh, but I one mean, guy on YouTube read... <laughs> the message do be repeating, though. Uh there's one guy on YouTube that decided to look a little bit deeper into it, this guy named Red Nomster. He realized that the code wasn't just found in Sandtrap. It was also found 
on assembly. It was also found in Halo Reach in one of the Halo Combat Evolved remastered maps. Uh, he found it all over the place. And then he was sold on it, meaning something, when he realized that there were these tablets being held by these Forerunner statues in Halo Infinite. And it was the same inscription. Mm. So he's like, hold on now. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. And so he <laughs> goes and checks it out. He gets a scan. He goes through all these different steps. Highly recommend you watch all three videos. It's a three-part. It's really good. I was fascinated by it. By the end, he determines very accurately that those tablets while the forerunners might not know what it actually means because it's not in a forerunner dialect because we know what forerunner writing looks like it's not that it's likely precursor writing that refers directly to the mantle so nice the reason why that's important though is because this is going right back to the forerunners being all self-centered and all that they had no idea what the mantle really was but they spouted it everywhere on everything that ever mattered <laughs> like yeah if it was on a halo ring that meant that they were basically trying to say look guys it was for the mantle all along <laughs> <laughs> so so uh-huh. i i did think of a question um so you said the precursors they made the forerunners they made humanity where did the species for the covenant come from so all those species, yeah, that's that, uh, that was all like afters. Like the the humans and the forerunners were made with a specific purpose, but when the precursors were just seeding the universe, that was like there was just many many different creatures that they made. So San Shayum, that's the prophets. They were kind of made to be sort of companions for humans, and they were designed to be beautiful. They were actually really really but beautiful. But millions species. of years of freaking incest threw that all out the window. It's unfortunate, really. Um. They, uh, Sanghili, they were made to be nobility. Jeralhane, they were made to be somewhat unruly. Like, uh, all these creatures with their various capabilities and all of that, they weren't ever intended to, of course, be working together to bring about the end of a galaxy, but that's just kind of how the cards went. So, like, it's sort of like Precursors just kind of made them. They weren't really, like, they didn't have as high of a purpose as humans and Forerunners. Interesting. If you could call the forerunner's purpose high, I don't really know. Like, I guess if you were made to be specifically servants of your gods, I guess that would be uh, a pretty good deal in a way, depending yeah, on how you're treated. If you turned around and killed them and took, <laughs> tried to take their role for yourself. Yeah, I really want to know what would have happened if the precursors had the galaxy the way that they wanted it to be. I, I'm pretty sure it would just be really anticlimactic, though. It would just be, all right, guys, have fun. All right, thanks, guys. We'll take care of it for you. All right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And then humanity just hangs on to the galaxy, just doing their thing. Yeah. I wonder, that's the thing, though. Precursors come from a completely different galaxy. So it's like, we don't know how many galaxies they've seeded. They, we don't know how many, like, we don't know what made the precursors. We don't know where they came from, really. We have a theory as to what star system they might have come from, thanks to Greg Bear. But that's pretty much the gist of it. The precursors are one of the biggest mysteries because they just, they don't really have a lot back backing them, but you know what? That's okay. Many things should just stay as a mystery in halo. <laughs> well, the thing that's interesting now that I'm thinking about it with like in the context of all this knowledge is that. So the, the precursor, the, the precursors, the precursors <laughs> made the forerunners. Yes. The forerunners killed the precursors. Yes. The precursors turned into the flood. Yes. Uh-huh. And the forerunners killed themselves. 
base. E basically, yeah. So then, humanity started coming back, and the flood started taking over yep. at the same time that the covenant was formed and started trying to kill everything. Yep. And so <laughs> the covenant started trying to kill the humans and the flood sort of interrupted that and basically saved everything in a way. Yeah. But it's no surprise because humanity like back in, during the time of the humans and foreigner war, Humans had figured out had figured out an immunity to the flood, so if yeah. if anyone was going to know how to beat the flood eventually, that would definitely be humanity. But um, that whole thing about how all of that came together, it was really a matter of just coincidence, to be honest. Because like the forerunners had destroyed the flood effectively, they starved them to death. The for the flood that was left were on the installations where they were being researched, mm -hmm. and they were unfortunately kept in good enough stasis that they weren't really affected by the passage of time. So when Mr. Chief lands on the halo ring and opens Mr. the door Chief. and releases the flood and he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Open it more. That was uh, that was where all that started going down. But it is true. If it were if it weren't for the distraction of the flood, then the covenant would have likely succeeded. And the same thing goes for uh, humanities, ancient humanities, basically destruction of most of the forerunner galaxy. Because, like, Forerunner Space was just being kind of assaulted by humanity because they were trying to prevent the flood from spreading. And yeah. if they weren't doing that, they could have taken the Forerunners on easy, I think. But the Forerunners were attacking them not knowing why they were being attacked. They never asked. They were just like, these guys are clearly nuts and just started attacking. Doesn't help the Didact. It's kind of insane. Um, I mean, it also <laughs> doesn't help that the humans kind of were just like, no, the flood is here. We must kill them. Well, to be fair... It takes a day for the f flood to infect the whole planet. Yeah, but I mean, they'd still just be on the planet at that point. You have a little bit of time to, like, they could have had I a little bit of time. I don't know about you, but right? I'm not risking that. Th that's That was the Shame. whole, remember the terminal, he was like, no, we must not give the flood time to spread. And it's true, if their plan was followed, like I said, they were immune to it. They figured it out. They knew how to deal with the flood. It was just once the Forerunner started attacking, their resources got severely limited. Yeah. But that's a whole different conversation. I don't want to jump into it too far because that's we're already getting pretty far in this episode. A game, a game theory. Thanks a for game. watching. Wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there. We're going to be uh, headed off to our after show now. If you want to join in on that conversation, you can feel free to go over to Patreon. The exclusive episode is going to be available there. And uh, for now, we thank you guys for listening. And we hope to see you next week so we can talk to you about the Forerunners. They're pretty all right, I think. Maybe. Wow, great, great segue. The library was produced and published by Jumperscape Audio. Funding was provided by our fantastic patrons on Patreon. Big thanks to Dark Salad 42 and Connor Clark. If you enjoy the show and wish to support Jumperscape's future projects or get some sweet benefits, join our Patreon at patreon.com jumperscape or become part of this truly special community at discord.gg jumperscape. Thank you for your listenership and we hope you enjoyed.